The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. Chantal. We have a fantastic podcast today. Yes, we're looking forward to uh, a lot of uh, learning today. Yes, we are definitely going to have a lot of learning. Today we are very fortunate to be here with the research coordinator um, at Mount Sinai Hospital. Mm -hmm. This is Peter. And Peter works with Dr. Jeffrey Newen there on some pretty amazing things. So today we're going to be talking about the PACE program and telemedicine, which is something we haven't touched yet on this podcast. Yeah, and uh, telemedicine is uh, definitely increasing the number of people who can access healthcare. Absolutely. And living in a country like Canada, where we have extremely remote locations. And high um, instances. And high instances of of IBD, IBD. This is what we need to do. Hi everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Chantel, and this is Gut and Glory. Peter. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me here. Okay, so before we start talking about kind of what you do every day, what you've consumed your life with, Mm -hmm. tell us about yourself, like your background, tell us all about all those things. For sure. So my name is Peter Habashi, uh, one of the research coordinators working with Dr. Nguyen. Uh, My background is actually Bachelor of Science first uh, in psychology from U of T. I graduated in 2015 and then I pursued nursing as a second compressed degree. Wow. So I finished that in uh, December 2017. So I just graduated uh, end of last year. Wow, look at you already about signing yeah. up. Yeah. Just doing your thing. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> so after pursuing nursing, I think I, uh, I got inspired by one of my classmates in uh, nursing who yeah. has IBD, but who really inspired me with the amount of hard work that he does and also... Um, the commitment to share his experiences with us. So IBD. he was very open about exactly very IBD. open with us. Even like we didn't, I didn't know him that much at first. Like he's not one of my high school friends or anything. Right. But we got to know each other through university, and he inspired me with uh, advocacy for you know all the IBD patients that he knows. Wow. Um, Did you know about IBD before? Barely. I, I guess I come, because you were a little bit ahead of the nursing background. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, so. I come from a medical like background family as well. So both right. my parents are doctors from Egypt. And my brother is a surgeon in, uh, in Hamilton as well. So like wow. I kind of had the experiences of IV. I kind of know you know the basics. Right. But I didn't know in much details of like, the players. Exactly. So of, you said that you were pursuing uh, psychology. That's first, Okay, yes. so <laughs> did that... Did that uh, uh, coincide with your uh, coming, your awareness of IBD? Uh, Yes, yeah. Is this where you met? The it, it's part of it, yes. I no, no, no. I met Scott in in uh, Bachelor of Science in nursing, in the nursing. Okay. So in the nursing program in my compressed degree in psychology. My initial plan was to actually be a clinical psychologist. I see. That's why that's like that went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I knew that I want to be uh, like much more in like uh, with the patients, patient uh, care. Okay. 
very person-centered. I didn't want to do too much theory. I wanted to be very clinical-based okay. experiences. So that's why I kind of changed it. So it's an urge to d- deal directly with people to help, to ha- to see the effect that you're having on exactly, patients. Exactly, exactly. And to also follow up with the patients. I feel like it's not just um, you know a prescription that you prescribe. It's not something that you just say, but it's a follow-up with the patient. It's a very person-centered care. So Do you feel like I, your psychology background has helped you in the nursing area? Very much. Very. I think that... That's us, rare, I feel like. Not every nurse has a psychology yeah, I, background. I, I love you know? that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. so That's amazing. Were yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely helped me understanding the little bit of the anxiety that kind of yes. associates with some flares and unpredictability of the disease sometimes. So I think it uh, it really helped. This is why he has a job right away. Oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just rolling out with the right resume. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. Okay. I understand what you're feeling. That is like something we all absolutely long to hear. So you're specifically working at Mount Sinai Hospital on the PACE program and looking at telemedicine. So tell Mm -hmm. us about PACE. I know it's in junction with Mount Sinai Hospital and Crohn's and Colitis Canada, who we Mm -hmm. really love dearly. Yes, they do a lot here for us. So tell us about what PACE is. I know that it stands for Promoting Access and Care Through Centers of Excellence. We're going to refer to it as PACE from now on. So actually, the, the program is intended to uh, promote kind of uh, service for patients who are underserviced across Ontario. It's funded by Horns and Colitis Canada, just like you mentioned. Uh, there's different uh, like branches of PACE. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's one at Mount Sinai. There's one at McMaster. I believe there's two in Calgary and Alberta, University of Calgary and University of Alberta. That are all working with this program. Exactly, yeah, with a PACE program. Wow. Um, Dr. Nguyen is the national lead of the program, so the, the man that I work under. And he's right here in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, he is here at Mount Sinai, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pleasure to work with uh, such a man who is dedicated to service yes. to patients that are underserviced sometimes in Ontario. And when we mean by underserviced, is that a lot, um, they, they don't have direct access access to a GI because of maybe their location or exactly just availability of those specialists in their area yeah so it's okay. mostly the availability and the accessibility of the gastroenterologist sometimes if you're living in a remote area you might be you know waiting for quite a while to see a gastroenterologist right so uh, plus or there's having, a fair amount of travel involved yeah or having to travel there or yeah exactly if you have to come to and, and quite often we know that people Absolutely. are traveling and they're not doing physically well and they're having to make long trips to see can you imagine if you're flaring and you have to try to figure out how to get to a hospital absolutely with the bathrooms in between contemplating that trip yeah i met a young lady actually who when she was first diagnosed her condition was um quite significant so they actually had referred her to go to mount sinai but she lived in north bay so and she was young so her family had to take time off work you know they had they had to travel down um so like this PACE program would have been, mm-hmm. is going to be so helpful for people like that. So I just, I, I know that we are in the early stages of this program, but mm-hmm. what are you finding in terms of people who are connecting to the program? Are you finding people in very remote locations who are Yes, yeah, it's it? actually, we have over, now over, I think about 60, over 55 sites. Uh, and right now it's operating just in Ontario. Just okay. in Ontario, yeah, it's right. only in Ontario. We have 50, over 55 sites that are kind of, dispersed all over Ontario. So from Stirling, Thunder Bay, Sudbury, wow. to we have some in um, like Ingersoll, London. Um, wow. 
So the, the basic, the, the goal of PACE telemedicine program, which is a branch of PACE, right. is to approach the patients who may not have um, follow-up with a gastroenterologist in their area. Because you know area. what, that follow-up is so key. Like there's times when you go see your gastroenterologist, like even me living in Pickering, not far from Toronto, I go to see my gastro, I go to see my GI, and you tell them how you're doing and they give you kind of like your medicine and then that follow-up just on paper is six months later, yeah. whatever the case may be, but what happens in that in-between space? Like for me, it's easy. I can pick up the phone and say, I need to come back down and in a couple of weeks I could be traveling into Toronto. But if you come into Toronto to meet a doctor, they give you what you need, you leave and you travel all the way back home, it's not yeah. so easy for you to be like, I'm coming back in two weeks because something's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and oftentimes, even as an IBD person who lives close, mm -hmm. we don't say, like, I just live oh, through it. Yeah, you have to. You yeah, just deal with your symptoms. You reach out to somebody yeah, and say, like, I'm not doing well. Because you just deal time, with your symptoms. You you stop eating so the blood goes away or so that you can go to work and you don't have to go to the bathroom. immediate relief. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And we, we do have also patients who are query IBD, so they're not sure if they're IBD or not. The gastroenterologist may not have the time to do a colonoscopy, or they may refer him to uh, to us. But that intermittent also. time in between, that yeah. they're having that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like in the middle, if they don't have a gastroenterologist access to the gastroenterologist, then they can be accessed. Wow, see, us. that's yeah. so great. Mm -hmm. This is obviously going to improve diagnosis times because I know a lot of the stories that we've heard from people, they have made comments about, um, you know, it's taking years for them to get a diagnosis, years for them to even see a GI. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this access to direct access to yeah. GI doctors and to nurses like yourself will speed up this process and then hopefully we can get people feeling better yeah. earlier. Yeah. You know? And so are you connecting with these people? You said there's like 60 to 70 cases in um, Ontario or that you've... Oh, 60 to 70 si uh, sites. 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 Sorry. Yeah, like a telemedicine oh. sites throughout wow. the country. Yeah. We have over 160 patients. So are... My question is, yeah. is this like, are, are any of these people being diagnosed or is this their first? So, uh, yeah, exactly. That's a really good idea. So there is a bunch of uh, patients who are actually not diagnosed and they would be referred to us and they right. would be either diagnosed, yes, like with Throughout an IBD, the process, exactly, right? through the program or no, with, like with no IBD. And then they can follow the gastroenterologist close by. I see. Oh. So it's not, they're, not all of them are IBD. But we do focus on the IBD patients. So if they're IBD, they're going to have follow up with us with the right. Mount Sinai. So the PACE part, because I know PACE has many different branches. You work specifically with the telemedicine. Exactly. Yeah. So explain yeah. what it means that you have 60 to 70 sites. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So the sites basically means areas where the patients can go to and we will uh, we'll have a physical assessment by a nurse on the site, and then they will be able to see us via video conferencing. So they're not Skyping in from their couch? No, exactly. So yeah. they're still going to a medical facility exactly. that's relatively close to Very their house. Very close to them, yeah. There's a medical professional there, mm -hmm. a nurse like yourself, exactly. who takes their vitals, whatever is needed. Could they be getting their blood work and stuff there as well, if that's required? Yeah, exactly. So the follow-up is always uh, close by. If it's possible, it's close by. So the blood work, the ultrasound, the imaging that can be that can be done close by will be done there. But for things like a colonoscopy they or a gastroscopy, then they have to come to Mount yeah. Sinai to do it. But that's this is like what you see on the movies. You know, you go... Mm -hmm. like, 
robots. It's almost like a robot. Like yeah. you're, you're there with a real person and a screen talking yeah. to the doctor. Yeah. Discuss. That's great. Yeah, it's incredible. So our program now is actually, so I'm one of the nurses, and then we have advanced practice nurse Shelly Bouchard, who is yes. the one who actually inspired me to become part of the PACE program. Uh, I've heard I, wonderful things about Shelly, from amazing. you and other people she as well. She is amazing, yeah. definitely. She's a strong advocate of the patients that we have, so that's, that's a great thing to have. And other than the Shelly, also, we have seven gastroenterologists now, part of PACE from Mount Sinai Hospital. From, just from Mount Sinai. Are there other gastroenterologists involved directly with the telemedicine or no? So they're all involved with the telemedicine program. Okay. Dr. No one is the main man, like the... He's the guy. He's the guy. The main man. <laughs> He's the main man. Isn't it? Dr. Nguyen, you are the man. The main man. <laughs> and then we also have a dietitian. So that's the new thing with a dietitian oh, addition. That's great too. They can see the, pa the patient from their own house. So they don't have to go to a site because they don't need a physical assessment with a dietitian. Right. So a dietitian, they can use a secured video network to speak to them from home. Exactly. The okay. OTN network. Ontario, OTN, yeah, I've used it. Ontario yes. Telemedicine Network. Yes. So it's very confidential and then we also have a general surgeon that they can see via telemedicine so dr brar he's from mount sinai as well so if they need a consultation a surgical consultation they can see us uh, via telemedicine see dr can brar. we just like can we just say like look at mount sinai right now i know look at you go yeah. <laughs> it's always sort of uh coming from mount sinai though isn't it all the uh... it is but they have the ibd is one of their centers of excellence you know like exactly. that's where they focus on and crohn's and colitis canada who puts a lot of funding into this yeah. and helps where they can mm -hmm. um so how do you get a referral for pace that's excellent so um it's very simple it's very easy so uh all what you need to do is ask your family physician or nurse practitioner or even the gastroenterologist that you saw around the area to refer you to uh, the PACE program. Okay. It's a referral application that can be found on the link. I think I said online. Online, exactly. Okay. Uh, I believe it's Zane Cohen. The Zane Cohen Center. Mm -hmm. So that's www.zanecohencenter.com slash IBD slash PACE. So Zane and so Z A N E C O H E N Center. Exactly. You can definitely Google it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can be easily accessible. So all what you need is uh, the family physician or nurse practitioner send that fax referral to uh, Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. and then it will take few few weeks or few days even sometimes um, if it's an active disease, um, and then you will be able to see us via telemedicine. Do you find that um, maybe some of all because. Canada is a big place, Ontario is a big province. Do you mm -hmm. find that some of the GIs are not necessary, or some of the doctors, even GPs, are not necessarily aware of the PACE program? Yes, yeah, definitely. Okay. We try to increase the awareness. So, of course. So of we course. do have some advertisements everywhere. We try to raise awareness by the, our social media. But I think this program, this show, makes a big difference right. to reach out to those who are... Uh, so what's good about it is that a patient, like if Lisa and I lived in a remote area in mm -hmm. Ontario, we could go online and download this form ourselves, yeah. print it, bring it to the doctor. Exactly, yeah. And we're yeah. strong advocates. Like we are huge about, as an IBD patient, you have to take charge of your oh, health. Oh, absolutely. You, you have can't to be sit a, very, back. a VIP, very <laughs> important patient. Yeah, you That's can't right. sit back <laughs> and allow... Very and informed patients. Yeah, too. and expect other... Uh, you know everyone to do things for you like you have to take charge so i think it's great that this form is accessible to us online yeah 
Yep. You know, if you're and if listening, you don't have a printer, hey, if you're uh, listening, you don't have a printer, go to a FedEx store or, <laughs> or a, a library or a library, or, print yeah. it out. It, there's no reason that you should be denied. The access yeah. So like to our listeners program. who are listening, unfortunately, right now, it's just in Ontario, but hopefully we'll get the funding and, you know, from other hospitals and government to expand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But right now, if you're living in a remote neighborhood, a remote community in in Ontario and you, you know, don't have direct access to a hospital as fantastic as Mount Sinai. Go to the Zane Cohen Center website, IBD Pace, and download the form yourself. And the next time you see your GP or your GI, bring it with you. Exactly. Like, yeah. get in this referral. Take charge of your health. Um, and hey, if you don't live in Ontario and you're mm -hmm. hearing this, write a letter to write your, a letter and see if yeah. the Pace program can get up those politicians. Yeah, can move to your province because this is how this kind of action happens. Absolutely, advocacy. So. Who specifically is eligible then? Like, what's the checklist of being eligible for PACE? Right. So the big... Uh, Having IBD. Exactly. So it's either IBD or <laughs> query be part IBD. of our okay. cool club <laughs> of people who have IBD. Only us. <laughs> super, super exclusive. <laughs> and they have to be at least 100 kilometers away from Toronto. So, so 100 kilometers away from Toronto, live in Ontario, have IBD, or your doctor is suspecting exactly. you have IBD. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. kind of on that way to diagnosis, perhaps. Right on. Um, Question. Do any you age? Yeah. That any was age. Uh, well, it has to be not pediatric. So above 18, I guess. Oh. Not pediatric. Not pediatric. Okay, okay, so above 18. So that okay. is my question. If there are parents out there who suspect that their child mm. is showing some symptoms of IBD, um, do they have any, uh, is there anything they can do with PACE? Can they reach out to you for more yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, uh, I think they have to maybe uh, access a family physician or whoever okay. is providing first. care there exactly first, just to let them know about the program that's accessible to them, and um, hopefully, you know, it probably that, links it like sick kids or something. Too. I would think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, if they're if they're younger, yes, yeah. I think I think sick kids have other resources as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I don't know if they have a telemedicine program yet. But either way, I think taking charge of your health. Yes. You know. I think what you're doing, Peter, and what Dr. Newman is are doing, and Shelly, like it's yeah. it's it's really fantastic. Like, how amazing is this program? It's amazing. We, and we we've could talked be behind. About it, we've talked about know? it so many times that uh, Chantel has been in speaking in, uh, uh, you know, in Ontario, in and around yeah. Ontario, yeah. places where uh, someone will come up to her afterwards and say, "I never even realized this was a thing, or other people had it." I've been I've had IBD for 20 years and yeah. you know I've really never done anything about it and it's amazing but yeah. there's still people feeling disconnected and from isolated this kind of and isolated because they don't have a gastro doctor they can access mm -hmm. but even like nearby. yourself having that background in psychology like I like isolation yeah. is a serious thing in I Canada agree. you know so, like yeah. and that how that leads to anxiety and depression like illness aside like we have a lot of isolated communities yeah. and you know i start thinking about our first nation communities and what mm -hmm. their access to anything is their access yeah. to you know water and good education and healthcare, and ibd is not going away unfortunately you know so we have to catch up with it yeah and we have the technology and we need to use it. I know that this technology is used in other places. So maybe Canada's a little bit behind in this way, but I'm glad that our province, Ontario, is the one that's pushing it and that our city mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. is the one behind it. Yeah. You know, totally. I think this is huge. Like 
And Huge. I can share some numbers too with the yeah, program. Yeah, absolutely. So we approximately have 165 patients right now. Okay. Uh, but it's growing. It's uh, some some of the patients actually are current patients with the gastroenterologist that we have. Right. But they have to travel all the way from Thunder Bay. So they've made that transition. Exactly. So right. instead of doing the visits for 15 minutes uh, conversation with a the doctor, they would just see us via the video conferencing. Right. Uh, from uh, from a nearby uh, hospital or healthcare center. And then the national median wait time to see an IVD specialist in Ontario is approximately 126 days. Whoa. I'm actually not surprised. Like, I feel like I should be shocked. Yeah. I know, Lisa, because it's been a while for you, but like, I'm almost like not shocked at all at that. That's the first, that's the first so contact your initial you contact? The... Yeah. Wow. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's the national median wait time. But for PACE, it's not 126, it's actually 17. 17 days. One seven, yeah. Can you imagine having to wait? Can you imagine That's a, it, it's having still, to wait 126 days with IBD well, to yeah, see a doctor? I was going to say, at, at, with your background in psych psychology, you yeah. must know that, that has a, that's got to have an impact on the patient's prognosis. For sure, right? yeah. yeah. It has a huge impact. And even just the anxiety and the stress, yeah. it kind of triggers more food. That's what triggers me for sure. So I'm not triggered by food. I'm triggered yeah. by stress and, like, Environment, like weatherish, like yeah. climate changes, like big changes in, in mm -hmm. oh my God. And I if a patient even... has active symptoms, part of PACE program, they're actually only having eight days wait time. And that eight days, during the eight days, with usually, telemedicine. With the telemedicine program. So if they're yeah. saying, like, I'm heavily flaring right now, I'm bleeding, I'm going to the bathroom, I can't, like, so that, that 17 turns into eight days. Eight, eight days. And during the eight days also, the nurses are always in contact. So it's either me or Shelly contacting the patients, trying to organize you know, so it's not eight days of silence. Exactly. It's eight days talking to you guys. It's, it's within that eight days they're talking to the nurses, and then then they have the GI. Right, and the eight days is basically mostly because of the GI's. Yeah, exactly. The GI scheduling, the OTN, like the telemedicine sites availabilities. So we wish we can make it shorter, but unfortunately, it's like you those will. logistic <laughs> things. Yeah, like well, it will. I'm sure, it's, you will. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, because yes. why you're not why you guys aren't able to make a tour now is out of your hands really exactly it, it's yeah. essentially funding right with more money there's more centers there's more nurses there's more availability i'm so struck right. by that because i know i mean y you say Chantel, that your that stress triggers you we mm -hmm. this there i've told my story on uh on our podcast but yeah. uh, i literally stopped having symptoms of uh crohn's dis active crohn's disease when I made some decisions about where I wanted to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I, when I finally settled some major issues in my life. And so the, the, the concept of stress and that um, being able to know that you're in someone's care is, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's like flipping a switch for me Absolutely. in terms of considering how physically I might react to, uh, it takes that you know, fear like away. where my symptoms might go, mm -hmm. just knowing that someone is now on it. Exactly. And you yeah. know, to be able to reach out and know that in eight days you will have full contact with someone, you'll be talking to your doctor face to face, a gastro, but in between that time, there are already people checking in with you. Right That's huge. It makes me want to like move away. <laughs> this is the time for me to have my dream. Move well, to the country. Live in the country now, yes. I can have a forest oh, behind there. me and a lake in front of me. And just an operating theater. That's in it. A That's yeah. all I need. Robots performing. There's schools everywhere, people. Yeah. I can teach anywhere. If you live in a remote community and your school needs a teacher, 
<laughs> Let me know, because now I'm not. But you know what? I will be perfectly honest with you. Like my family, all my whole family lives in Newfoundland. Um, you know, and they don't live in big city Newfoundland, even though there's not much big city in Newfoundland. They live in small town on the ocean. You know, like the closest hospital to my parents is an hour and 45 minutes away. Right. You know, it's beautiful there. I would never move to Newfoundland just because it's it's too relaxed for me and I can't get there just yet. <laughs> um, but, you know, my fiance and I have said we would love to live north. Like he would be able to find work. And if I could switch school boards, it would be fantastic. And I kid you not, the only reason that has stopped us, other than the logistics of getting a job there, is we cannot move there because I cannot leave yeah, this need- city. I need to be here because of the healthcare. So like, this is like, yeah, who knows? I'm going to call my real estate agent. How long? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can get him to teleconference (laughs) you. Um, How long has the PACE program been in place? So it's about two years now. It started June 2006 with Shelly. I was trying 2016, what am I saying? That's two years. (laughs) (laughs) With Shelly and Dr. Noon as the starters again. Um, And yeah, so now we have a second nurse with Shelly, me, available. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think we're expanding. It's definitely expanding. More GIs. Exactly. And more centers. Did you guys start with that many centers at the beginning? No, no, we started with one or two and then expanded from there. And I think now we're close to to 60. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's. Isn't it amazing? All across Ontario. All across Ontario. We kind of have from, yeah, the south, west, northeast, all over. So is the dream now to move beyond Ontario or is it just to expand in Ontario? Yeah, I mean, both. I think both. I think really both. But for now, we need to expand like even more in Ontario. And that's why we have, we need more awareness about right. the program. And I guess get the proof behind the numbers as well. Like prove that this is working. Because if Ontario right. can prove that this is working for the mm-hmm. IBD people of Ontario, mm-hmm. I think other provinces will be more open. Right. But then we'd have to bring on other hospitals as right. well. Right. Like other G because these seven doctors at Mount Sinai awesome. cannot be hosting interviews through telemedicine yeah. with the country. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. not gonna be able to do that. We're especially the amount of numbers of IBD we have yeah. in Canada. Like we're gonna need some more GI. That's that's true. Yeah. And where does that funding come from? So the PACE program in Ontario is coming funding's coming from Mount Sinai, funding's from coming Crohn's from Crohn's Canada. Crohn's and Colitis Canada is the main uh, funding. Wow. There's no funding from the hospital. Yeah, it's all Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Wow. Now, can you tell me about the Health Promise uh, mobile app? Yeah, so it's, yeah. so I guess part of part of the PACE program is kind of research research area and understanding what's the impact of the program on the patient population that we have. So we're also evaluating the outcomes on a yearly basis and like annual questionnaire that the patients fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's of course it's not mandatory, but if you agree to take part of the study, you can fill these questionnaires. And there's also a monthly questionnaire through Health Promise app which is a mobile application, it's very user-friendly, that tracks the symptoms, the disease activity, and the medication adherence for the patients. We monitor this as nurses, so... So you can access what the patient's putting in on this app? Exactly. And through the app, they can also contact us as healthcare professionals. So if there's any um, concerns regarding... It's coming up. Exactly. They can just click a a button and then email us or call us, uh, me or Shelly. So what's the kind of, so this app is obviously um, given 
to, like the, the access to the app is given once you've been accepted into the telemedicine program. So what's the type of things that are like tracked on this app? Like, cause I've used IBD apps before. They track like your stool, your food, even there's some that track your mood. Like you say how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is this kind of along the same? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So overall quality of life, you know, whether there's a stress, uh, anxiety, abdominal pain, quality of life in terms of like, are you depressed today? Are you feeling fatigued? Um, and then there's also a disease activity, like you said. So a number of stools, you know, if there's any blood. Uh, How the stool was formed, exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah, the consistency okay. of the stool. Um, and then... I so guess, this is something they have to do daily? Uh, on a on a monthly basis, they okay. can choose to do it actually on a daily basis if they right. want to. So they have they have a choice to uh, to monitor the frequency to change the frequency mm -hmm. from monthly to daily to weekly. Depends on what they what they think they want. And this is again an optional thing for patients. So if they, they agree don't have to, exactly. Right. So if they agree to take part of the study, the telemedicine study, telemedicine pay study, then they can access the um, the health promise part of it. But this has to be so beneficial for you guys to have this information. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's beneficial for a patient as well. Like mm -hmm. I use the example of um, a food diary, which we've talked about before, and they're a pain in the ass sometimes to, to yeah. make because you have to you're carrying it around and you have to keep it with you, or it's on an app and you have to remember to put it in. Um, I almost but, don't want to eat because like, yeah, oh, oh, I have to fill it up. But up. it's actually like when I did my food diary for the first time, I did like um, I had a book actually. I put I put it on paper. It was a food diary. I had my stool um, and abdominal pain and time. It was fantastic. What I realized that for months I was like, no, that food doesn't bother me, or no, that doesn't bother me, or no, this part of my schedule has no effect on me. And then when you go back and you look at the patterns, yeah that yeah. you don't pay attention to as if, it was like, my yeah. life had changed. I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. like this was it. And definitely for us, we can monitor if the patient's symptoms are going down, then we can be, okay, like let's contact each other. So you like, can intervene. Going? Exactly, let's, let's see what's see? the diet that you're seeing. What, how's your medication adherence? You know, if there's anything that's stressful for you right now, we can help out with. I think that's so amazing. Isn't this amazing? Yeah, I think that this this is what the internet's for. This yeah. is what the internet is for. <laughs> the know? internet is not for it's all this other nonsense. Well, I mean. It's it's for this. It's to help people. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. did write actually a paper about the wait times and the program um, of PACE and how the impact of PACE is. And it's actually getting published soon. So that's going to be out <sighs> soon, I think within a month or two. But it's accepted for publication. So okay, we'll so in terms of awareness, sure. yeah. like for sure you can check out Crohn's and Colitis yeah. Canada because yeah. they have a bunch of stuff on there about PACE as well. Under their like research, like what they fund, the research that they fund. www.zanecohencenter.com slash IBD slash PACE. The PACE and IBD telemedicine is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so Instagram and Twitter. At, yeah, they're on Instagram. So their Instagram handle is PACE IBD. Right, right. I, I have it for sure. Yeah. Um, they're on Twitter, so Twitter is pace underscore IBD. I don't do the tweeting. You don't do the tweets? I don't, but I feel like I'm behind on everybody. I <laughs> anonymous like, tweet. So like, oh, okay. I will anonymously check. I have the Facebook and I have the Instagram. Actually, I shouldn't say I don't tweet. I have Twitter. Yeah. I just don't use it. Like I'm not. That's really... good. Then you know history will be kind to you. Yeah, That's it's there. The thing to do is not use. I Twitter. check it for Six City right. News traffic. Access things. Don't tweet. But there's so <laughs> access things. 
don't tweet unless you're telling people about this podcast, in which case. That's right. Tweet, tweet. So Crohn's and Clays Canada, Zane Cohen Center, IBD Pace, just Google IBD Pace and, and, you know, start following, spread the word, be an advocate for yourself or for a friend or a loved one. If you know somebody and you're living in a remote community of Ontario, you know somebody with IBD or who's really struggling right now with gut issues, print out that form. Yeah, it doesn't take long to get involved in this and it can make a huge difference to somebody who's unable to come into a city like Absolutely. Toronto and see someone at Mount Sinai Hospital. Living in that unknown world of, in that lonely world. Yeah. And even if you live in a big city and have access, like IBD can be, any chronic illness can be a very lonely disease. Yeah, I would think you know? that there are people finding their community this way. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, are, yeah. are you, have you seen anyone, have like you connecting? ever been able to connect people living in uh, the same city or the same area like patients to patients yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes actually we we did that yeah so some of the patients may have uh, questions about a search and medication and they want to see a personal experience of the patients of who did experience who did have the same medication and we could connect the patients see that's where i find my solace i find my solace yeah. in like meeting people like us i know that's really huge to you yeah and i know that like from your experience that's it's huge it's like people too it's my therapy yeah and we're trying also to see if there's social services that can be accessed through the telemedicine program. Right. So Jenna, uh, the social service worker at yeah. Mount Sinai. Who we're going to have on a future podcast, which yeah. we're really excited about. Right. So we're trying to see if we can do something with her as well. Because social work is really important in the IBD world as well, which I exactly. think is totally untapped yeah. also. Totally. Like I think there needs yeah. to be more there. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Hasn't this been such a great this episode? Has been so great. I'm, uh, I'm so putting good. my house up for sale. I'm <laughs> okay. All right. The well, next, I'm just the next, talk you down. Just the next a podcast bit. will be in a remote community in Ontario, <laughs> and, we'll and we'll be sitting that. on my deck in front of a lake. <laughs> okay, wait, now I'm in. Now I'm totally in. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. Thank you, for coming. Thank you and, so much. You know, I hope your your research is well worth it, and I. Congratulations for just being a superstar, like oh, out of school you. and owning it. Yeah. Tell Dr. New and he's our hero. Yeah. I will keep spreading that uh, that mind body connection. Yeah. You know, we and think we're it's sorry so that we missed Shelly, but you know, Shelly, I know you'll be listening at some point, and we really do appreciate what you're doing, and of course, recruiting Peter here yeah. to join the to join the <laughs> the club. So, um, at Mount Sinai, we really appreciate you, Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Without you. You know, us IBD warriors wouldn't be where we are. Yeah, so yeah. we're really we have no guiding lights. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. It's true. Strength and positive thoughts, everyone. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino Inc., a full-service creative agency. 